This is Primal Screen, a weekly radio show airing Monday evenings on Triple R. Primal Screen is about movies, from the ones on the big screen to the ones you stream. Hope you enjoy the podcast version and feel free to get in touch via the Primal Screen Facebook page or the Triple R website. Welcome to Primal Screen, a show and podcast all about screen culture, from movies on the big screen to whatever it is that you're streaming. We're broadcasting tonight from the Triple R Studios on the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation. This is and always will be Aboriginal land. Uh, thanks to Fee for the last three hours of Maps. I'm your host, Flick Ford, and I'm joined tonight by film reviewer and festival programmer, Thomas Caldwell. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Flick. Thank you, as always, for having me on. Well, on tonight's show, we're getting into the uh, fringe fringe vibes. We're going to be um, chatting with uh, Jen Atherton and Andre Shannon from Garden Reflex, who are part of, going to be part of Fringe. They are the creators of a new free festival called Overshare, which kicks off this Saturday and features workshops, screenings and lots of film chat. And later tonight, Thomas and I will review two new comedy releases, Christopher Borgley's Sick of Myself and from South Korea, Kim Ji-Woon's Cobweb, both of which are in cinemas later this week. Uh, tonight is Primal Screen's final uh, Radiothon show for 2023. This is a time when we call upon the listener to show your support for the station to help keep us on air. We are all volunteers here at Primal Screen and it's through listener support that Triple R is able to keep going. Plus, if you subscribe or renew your subscription by Wednesday, you'll go in the running to win lots of awesome prizes. Uh, so if you value independent community radio or you just want to win a cool prize, uh, you can subscribe and donate at rrr.org.au and if you do so in the next hour... We'll read your name out on air. Uh, Overshare, as I mentioned, is a new festival that's going to kick off here in Melbourne this Saturday. The festival is a showcase of international programs alongside local emerging video artists and filmmakers. It aims to bring people together to watch, share, reflect and collaborate. And over 16 days, the festival will offer hands-on workshops, installations, community film events, open mic film nights, premieres and outdoor screenings with a festival bar. It is a pleasure to now welcome... Welcome two of the creators of this festival, Jen Atherton and Andre Shannon. Jen and Andre, welcome to Primal Screen. Thank you for having us, Flick. Thank you for letting us debut on RRR and, uh, and uh, also to emphasise that we are creators, plural. There are more people involved. Yes. So we shout out to Lana Nguyen. Shout out to Lana Nguyen. Shout out to Recess, who also. Live Co from Recess uh, and Testing Grounds as well for basically sh- shepherding the sheep for this project. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, before we get into Overshare, 
you also have a creative partnership um, called Garden Reflex with three – no, three X's? Two X's. Three X's. Three X's. <laughs> the third X uh, refers to Enoch Melangi, our dream collaborator. Right, Jane? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Garden Reflex because I love your mission statement, which is to liberate films of their staunch structures. Tell, about, tell us about why you set this up. Well, I'm pretty privileged. Luckily, we can cuss on air. No, I'm just joking. I <laughs> think it all started when we realised very early on in our careers at film school that we probably wouldn't be programmed as much as we had hoped because we didn't have budgets like other films did. Mm. And we kind of created this sort of mantra and this manifesto that spoke to resourceful filmmaking and resourceless filmmaking. And then that also kind of coincided with us teaming up with people like Emma Aldred and Lucy McMahon, who are these kind of uh, like these saints of independent filmmaking in Nam. And uh, on top of that, we will also Shout watch... out to, a bit of context. All right, all right. I think like we'd already had this idea of like, okay, what does an early film look like? And mm. you look at any major filmmaker or film collective's early work, and it has this sort of raw intensity to it, where there's an idea followed really well. But a lot of the films that we were watching people get encouraged to make felt like they were trying to make their, like, magnum opuses Mm. at age, like, whatever age, or, like, just first film. It doesn't matter what age you are. Your first film is always going to feel clunky. Mm. And then this amazing offer happened from Dead End Film Festival, which was a huge film festival that ran over three years at um, the Preston Drive-In. No, the Coburg Drive-In. And we got invited down. It was, like, a huge opportunity. I got screened alongside, like, a pitcher pong. Mm, and wow. Okay, now you're just bragging, Joe. No, but I'm just saying that, like, <laughs> it, was this, it was this contextualization you're of resource. You're bragging so much, my chair is, is lowering. It's going <laughs> it into the this, basement. It was, like, the contextualization of resourceful cinema, which yeah. is making with what you have around you, that has kind of informed and was, like, shaped by Lucy and Charlie mm. and Emma at that time and then has, like, shaped our thinking around filmmaking and encouraging other people to make films and mm. creating also what's more important, I think, screening spaces that are electric yeah. and exciting to be in because so often you go to a gallery and you just don't want to watch a loop mm. or you go to a film festival and, like, it's wedged before a feature film that has nothing in common with it. Mm. So we've been running these, like, film nights that are really fun and you can drink at them and it's just, like, a, mi- a complete mishmash of different ideas and complexities and whimsy. Mm. That is the most that I've ever listened to you without interrupting. I think you did a really good job. I think but... also a good way to put it is that our filmmaking practice at Garden Reflex is all about CC. It's about create, it's about creative commons, it's about finding mm. ways to access things that are free to everyone and also the idea of credit cards as being this sort of gateway to other filmmakers making movies, but also the fact that one of our heroes, Ryan Treycarton, and also their collaborator, Lizzie Fitch, used to bankroll their movies on credit cards and yeah, when wow. they weren't getting funding from <laughs> art galleries or from studios yeah. or from art criminals, yeah. they were basically maxing out their Chase US bank cards. Yeah. Um, so I guess we're fascinated by finances, um, but not in a way that you think is bougie, but in a way that is creating a bougie aesthetic out of something that is by cheap queens. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, there is so much the, there's so much gatekeeping that happens in cinema um, to do with whose stories get told, and I think financing a film is a huge part of where people don't often have money to back their back themselves. So I love that you have put in conversation international artists in conversation with local local filmmakers and um, 
creative like content creators as well the festival website overshare.com.au it's beautiful um beautiful and pink and yellow um there's so much happening over these 16 days can you talk us through some of the workshops that are going to be showcased i'm so glad you said the w word i think we should open with enoch and priya's enoch and priya's how to torrent film criticism one two three if you don't know enoch melangi they're one of the most revered and celebrated screenwriters and dare I say, film, critic, critics and film critic bitches in Sydney. And, and uh, they're bringing... Well, they're actor bringing, award winning. We're bringing them and Priya Lee uh, to this beautiful city to teach kids, let's be honest, kids, how to mm. film critique. Teach mm. anyone who wants to have a beer with them after how to be film critics and perform film criticism and be vulnerable. Mm. We, we figure that... It's one thing to show the movies, but we need cheerleaders. We need people to mascot and we need people to, you know, speak into the loud loudspeaker and, you know, project to the crowd. And that's what Enoch and Priya are going to do, I think. We also, every single Sunday of the festival, so starting this Sunday and then Sunday the 15th and Sunday the 22nd, Lucy Costos, who used to be a part of Artist Film Workshop, is going to be running Scratch Film Workshops mm. from 10 till 4 every day. Just drop in pull out some 16mm film, scratch it with scissors, paint on it, bleach it. I love that. And then we'll be screening <laughs> them all on the last night with a barbecue mm. on oh, the 22nd. Fantastic. It's a real art attack, isn't it? We've had at the Artist Film Workshop on the show before. Yeah. They do some really amazing work. Yeah, and there's that idea that that 16mm um, isn't available for, for people. Like, it seems expensive, but it's actually when you've got a community around you, you can show you how to use it. Exactly. Well, the underground film festivals back in the day, 60 years ago, that was the medium of choice. Mm. And that is so far gone in the direction of wrong, to quote, to quote Reese with a spoon in Big Little Lies. And it's just no longer part of the underground canon. Mm. We now are relying on DIY films made on phones. We're relying on webcam movies and the torrent world. Mm. Uh, it's about the pixels, not the emulsion, apparently. Which is we're actually about the pixels. We're about the pixels. But we're then also girls. the other thing with 60mm is it creates enormous amount of waste. And we're bringing an artist over from Adelaide who's 87 years old. Her name is Evelyn Roth and she cl- came to fame in the 70s recycling newsreel at news stations all over Canada. And then that was actually how she came to Australia. They commissioned her for Adelaide Festival to make these giant film forests from the ABC TV studios in Adelaide. And so she makes these enormous sculptures, woven sculptures, wearables, car cozies that fit over entire cars out of 16mm film. She's going to be bringing some of her 70s Canadian newsreel with her and she's going to be running a workshop on Sunday the 21st of October where you can weave... Oh, that's we need to call out. We need VHS tapes. No oh, one has yeah, videos truly, anymore. Yeah. Oh. Truly, yeah, truly, yeah. She's gonna take a hammer to she's like a total pump. She's amazing. We travelled <laughs> around Canada with her last yeah. last year and we at the Vancouver Art Gallery, she would get videotapes like Last Tango in Paris and then smash them with a hammer, which was like incredibly cathartic, and then pull out the videotape and then make it into <laughs> a rope that you could pull a car out of a ditch with. I love that that sounds so blasphemous, you know, like there's this real sense of um worship that goes on with um the materiality of film that the it can be yeah. so playful. And it's I, a place of worship. Well, you can still, she says that it's data storage because you can unravel them and then still see the newsreel or still yeah, see the film. Wow. That is fascinating. And we should mention some of the screenings that are going to happen along alongside this festival. We mentioned before this idea of having international and local in conversation together. Um, you've got a short film by Oscar winner Catherine Bigelow. Oh, um, we're starting with the big guns. Yeah. We're starting with the bait. Here's what we're doing. Well, yeah, so actually the way this worked out was that uh, a fabulous critic, Gus McGrath, was writing a curatorial essay about the festival. And uh, they call me up and they say, oh, so I'm halfway through this essay, but you know my uncle 
knew Catherine Bigelow when he travelled to Just New York date City. Catherine Bigelow. Well, oh, didn't say date. You know, <laughs> was, 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 something else happened. But anyway, in the seventies, <laughs> when they were collaborating together in the underground film scene back then, she actually gifted her first film that she ever made to him on a reel. Would you want to show that at your festival? And I was like, Gus, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Catherine who? Catherine Hart? <laughs> I was like, oh, very funny. And he was like, no, I'm serious. It's in a canister in a Nesky in Canberra. That's My so two weeks later, My has it. Two. You should get in touch with her and ask her if, you want to, if she can screen it. And I was like, well, let me just see this through because it's a funny story. And we now literally have a, uh, like a freezer freezer box at Testing Grounds Emporium with the 70s canister that has Catherine Bigelow's film in it that she made before she was Catherine Bigelow as we know her today. Uh, Obviously it's a film about war and it's mildly impenetrable and it's conceptual but I don't want to say anything else because I'd love for... We should just tell everyone the context of when we're going to screen it and when we can see it. Yeah, well we're going to screen it during the this this film night that we have that's about opening the gatekeeping so opening the gates uh there's a funny title for it, Jen. No gatekeeping, open called? mic. Is that what there's it's going to be a 16mm projector. There's also going to be a digital projector. We're opening with Catherine Bigelow. She's a big name. We and need then, the date. What's the date? Uh, the date is 12th? on the... 12th? Is that, is that a it's Thursday? It's on the 12th. It's on Thursday, the 12th mm. of October. Uh, it's going to be running from about 6.30pm. Bring your 16mm reels you haven't pulled out in forever. Bring your iPhone-made movies. Bring your school films that oh, you want to humiliate this. yourself. Oh, I love So that's the open mic part of it. Yeah, and, oh, if, and nice. everyone who screens a film is going to get a free drink. I know it's not much, but, you know, we are spread thin over 16 <laughs> days. And we get to show Catherine Bigelow. I mean, come on. Who else in Melbourne is going to show Catherine Bigelow? I know there's another couple of really special people who are going to come and, like, potentially do a role, but it's going to be like a karaoke night. You just come up, sign your name, and show your film and bring your friends. Oh, but if we're talking about this. Oscars here, you know, we need to mention the Levies because Francesca and Mika Levy are also showing your film. Mika Levy, Oscar-nominated composer. Yeah, did, wow. Yeah, mm. from Under the Skin and Jackie. It's an amazing film set mm. in Blackpool. They had a commission, I forgot the funding department, but they were commissioned to make an homage to Color of Pomegranates, the 1969 psychedelic film, and they made something in this seaside town in the UK that has this really unnerving uh, kind of... um arcade aesthetic uh, by the by the beach by the port uh, fish and chips vibe and it's like nicholas rogue shot by martin parr it's like nicholas rogue but more lady gaga and (laughs) a bit more like trippy and a bit more vintage dare i say but make it to the score for it and uh, that's gonna be playing on the outdoor screen which we have the five meter billboard screen Oh, it's going to be amazing. I am very excited for this. I've said free before. Surely not all of these are free. There must be some ticketing. Every single thing. That is amazing. Okay. Which I know, which makes it easy to ignore. So. Some of them have humanities links, just if you want to remind yourself. Yeah, it, Sometimes if totally. it's free, you're like, I don't feel obligated to go. Yeah. So we're going to start gatekeeping, actually. If you don't RSVP to those humanities links, we're, gonna, we're, we're actually going to add a price. Yeah, you should. We're going to close them on you. <laughs> well, if you'd like to check out Overshare Festival, it's starting from October 7 to the 22nd. 16 full days of workshop screenings. So much. Um, head to overshare.com.au. Um, Jen and Andre, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the well, show. Well, we can't end this without asking what <laughs> you guys want to see the most i mean are we gonna oh, throw it to you or is it too hard to pick oh uh, it, it's honestly overwhelming and you don't have to say our it's... feature film on Sunday, saturday night you don't have to mention our <laughs> film that's opening the festival that's okay thomas can i throw to you if i was going to go and see your feature film it's opening the festival what are the dates and times 7th of oc <laughs> this saturday uh, we've got freddie never local comedian and maastricht uh, german critic 
Uh, It'll be following recesses programming of Callum Pag tracking agency with Salohan on the food. Amazing. And if 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 you need, a, like, if you need a TLDR, just come for the barbecue <laughs> and stay for Grape Steak, which is our film screening this Saturday at 9 p.m. at Testing Grounds Emporium. I might have to come to the open mic. I've got an old eight mil film. Can you, you screen eight mil? Oh, oh, we're gonna have to figure that out. You could always um you know rip it up in the middle of the field, Thomas, and kind of turn it into some sort of installation. Copy I have. No, actually, yeah. It's fine. It's, it's, it doesn't need to exist anymore. No, yeah. there was no comment on the quality. Um, we should also mention that you are both uh, part of Movies, 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 which is on FBI Radio. So obviously fans of community radio here. Um, why is that so special to you? Oh, my God. I mean, media is just so – it's so convincing, you know? <laughs> so when it's free and when it's made by people who are passionate about keeping it free and aren't doing it for money, you know it's not there to brainwash you. Unless yeah. your movies, 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 in which case we are trying to indoctrinate, okay? <laughs> We've had just like five years of ultimate freedom and I – it wouldn't have it any other way and it's mm. it's a total joy so you, if you have any spare money you should absolutely give it to this station right now right this second yeah and if you get in before Wednesday um, you could go in the draw to win lots of awesome prizes um, we have had a few people already uh, subscribe and donate um, shout out to Jada Bessold from Coburg who is a new subscriber to Off the Record Jada has also thrown in a lovely donation of $20 uh, Jada says getting old sucks triple R helps I think that's our new slogan. Sally Armfield from Ivanhoe is a renewing it uh, to Twang. Thank you, Sally. Lucy McCarley from Fitzroy is renewing to Vital Bits. Uh, Dylan Longworth from Port Melbourne is renewing to Eat It. Um, and if you'd like your name read out, please head to rrr.org.au. I want my name the... read out. Yeah, well, my name read just, out. just head straight on. It's easy <laughs> enough to do. Um, Jen and Andre, very excited about Overshare happening this from this Saturday. This Saturday. Yeah. Say it so, again. Saturday for two yeah. very loaded weeks. So. Yeah. Make sure you get it head on there. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you yes. so much. Just, Thank you. It really is. That it's got me excited. That underground Ooh. independent spirit is back. Yes. Ooh. It really yes. is. It only took two strikes. Cutting so. edge. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thomas, yeah. I love you right now. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you are listening to Primal Screen on Triple R. Subscribe or donate to Triple R during Radiothon because we've got a few listeners who have done so. Uh, shout out to Doug and Pip Evans and Charlton from Yarra Glen who are new subscribers to Off the Record. Uh, their message is badly lapsed but back again after too long away. Well, you're always welcome at Triple R. Uh, Catherine England from Kensington is renewing to Neon Sunset and has thrown in a lovely donation of $15. And Catherine says, thanks a bunch. Thank you, Catherine. And Pierre Rullion, um, pardon for my poor pronunciation, from Stratford in Queensland is new subscriber to Off the Record and is also throwing in a donation of $15. Uh, Pierre says, returned from living in Japan for a very long time and wanted to reconnect. Enjoyed so many shows in the early years, but Off the Record is a favourite these days. Thanks to all. And Nick Marshall from Pasco Vale is renewing to Get Down uh, with Chris Gill. And Michael Jones from Woodend is also renewing. Thank you so much to all of those lovely listeners. Um, there is still plenty of time if you're listening at home or in your car or on your bike to renew or 
join a new subscription uh, and throw in a donation if you like. Uh, before the hour is through, we're going to finish up at 8pm tonight. So if you'd like your name read out, just get in before then at rrr.org.au. So, Thomas, we mentioned before that it is Fringe here in Melbourne. And what better way to celebrate than not one but two comedies tonight. Uh, first up, a film last that last year made Tom Waters' top ten best films list. John Waters. Yeah. Not, did you say Tom Waters? I thought I said John, but I could have said Tom. <laughs> I might have just heard it because you were looking at me. Tom Waters. Imagine that. That could have, yeah. Yeah, you know, John Waters' famous brother, Tom Waters. He's pretty uh, good. But John Waters' top ten uh, films, best films of the year list, um, yeah. which is high praise indeed. Um, it, well, a particular kind of film, I suppose. It is a Norwegian black comedy called Sick of Myself. It is directed by Christopher Borkley. I think that's how we're pronouncing it, uh, who's from Oslo and uh, it's a it's a wild one. I watched this one today, um, so very fresh. But um, Thomas, what were your thoughts of Sick of Myself? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a really blunt social satire that reminded me very much of the films of Ruben Usland. Uh, also, yeah, I, oh, I, yeah, 100%. I think, was thinking that as well. Specifically the square, I thought. Yeah, it's kind Same of... Same art world. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of got that level of fairly unambiguous satire. Mm. It's very direct. And that's, yes. not, that's not a criticism. I, I'm, I've got no problem with blunt, obvious um, messaging. That's my favourite kind of messaging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and look, I even thought of... It, it's like a... I even, to a degree... It's all Scandinavian, funnily enough, but I even thought to a degree of... Of some of Lars von Trier's films, yeah, in particular, I can see that. The Idiots. Yeah, um, it's nowhere near as harsh or no. as cruel as Lars von Trier films. Um, and I'm a fan of von Trier, but you know he's not always an easy one to get your head around or digest. Yeah, uh, yeah, or, or like in some cases, <laughs> I have radically mixed feelings about his Me entire too. filmography, which is which is fun. Yes. Um, and even something like The Worst Person in the World, which I think at least one actor from that is in, makes yes. the cameo in this film. It's, it's sort, this is like a kind of nastier, grungier kind of variation on that in many ways. Oh, did you think it was nasty? Maybe I need well, to... Uh, nasty as in... No, nasty is the wrong word. I, I, I said grungy or grittier or... Hmm. Almost, almost B-grade because it's kind of got a... It, it's sort of got a sort of lower... Uh, uh, sort of, it almost has got a B-grade aesthetic to it and it taps into body horror. Yeah. Um, well, I just realised we haven't really given listeners a, a, a recap on exactly what it's about. Oh, that's so typical of me, isn't it? No, no, ahead. that's all right. So we got excited. So basically you have uh, Signa uh, and her boyfriend... Uh, Oh dear, I forgot. Thomas, of course, who is. I was like, it's I was a about name. To say, he, he, he's a bit of a dick, and his name's Thomas, so he, that shouldn't be hard to forget. He's a bit of a dick. And <laughs> initially, it's this very uh, toxic, narcissistic sort of relationship that is on display. Uh, he's an artist who's kind of edgy. He, yeah. he steals a lot of the work, the uh, pieces, the furniture that he uses in his work. So there's kind of this like edginess to him um, but he's a dick and he's particularly I think cruel to Signa um, and he's just starting to be successful mm, which is often when people are at their worst they really having are having dealt with filmmakers <laughs> my observation was the worst ones were the ones who had just started the climb often well, established the, yeah. people tend to be fine well it's that <laughs> hunger isn't it yeah. for fame and um, not to say everyone's like this but yeah it is a no, no, this all. is a particular case study yeah. in that horribly toxic um 
yeah, fame-hungry uh, state in mm. which creatives might get to. Uh, he, I'm not really sure that we find out what Signa really does, but she, her, her kind of role almost seems to be as a as something of a handbag to Thomas, who doesn't often acknowledge their relationship in public, uh, and she feels overshadowed by him. Mm. So she discovers uh, that there is a way to create a, a rather um, striking skin disease on her face and upper body. And she decides to take a pill to make that happen. Uh, but no one knows that that's why and, and she kind of uses this to um, create her own sense of fame. I suppose that's the best way to sum it up. Exactly. She, I mean, look, he's pretty horrible and in, yes. in many other films he would be the clear villain and, but she's pretty narcissistic mm. and vile in this film too. That is what unravels over the course of it. I think that, that yep. you really get a sense of sickness, darkness and not just her, there's lots of different characters that are just so unlikable. I think for people, you know, listeners who have really enjoyed the fact the darkness and comedy combo of succession might find a lot of pleasure in this film. I love uncomfortable humour. It's like my favourite thing. Um, Ruben Oslin, as we mentioned before, mm. it is very much in that vein. Um, Some of it almost is a bit Kirby enthusiasm. Yeah, like there are totally. moments where things backfire <laughs> and the camera just zooms on, on a face and I imagine the theme music playing. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, if you're the kind of person who says, I don't like this film because there's nobody I can identify yeah, with or sympathise with. Then you'll hate it. <laughs> one, I'm not going to ever share an opinion with you. But um, secondly, yeah, don't, don't even bother trying no. with this film if you have to have that kind of fairly banal um, connection. Um, what I think is really interesting is she notices that people who have afflictions, whether they're injuries or diseases, get attention and and that's what she then... Um, Co-ops. Yes. She she takes these pills that have been banned in Russia for their anxiety pills that cause a skin defect. I thought so she, she even just made that up. And a thing about Signa as a character, as a main character that we're following, is she makes up everything. So it's yeah, actually yeah, very well, hard lot, to keep track. One of the repeat, r- repeated things in this film is it'll go off on a kind of fantasy yeah. um, montage of where she sees something going and then we get, suddenly come back to reality again. But um, I, what I really did like about this film is tapping into this tendency of appropriating... Um, affliction to make mm. it part of your identity and then to sort of try to monetize that, to live off that, mm. because it's something that has happened on social media and I've, I've seen journalists start to pick up on it. I know a psychiatrist, I know, I won't say how because I don't want to out them, <laughs> has told me about this is a thing yeah. that's happening. People yeah. um, well, Gibson. Faking, yeah. faking illness, particularly mental illness, yes. um, and even your diversity because it's seen as fashionable and it's it's very difficult and problematic because on the mm. one hand there is so much more awareness about these kind of afflictions yeah. and it's brought communities of people together, it's p- made people feel empowered and strengthened mm. and it's been wonderful. Yes. But it's also attracted a certain type of grifter. Yes, and I think that grifter is the perfect word yeah. for this. And I, uh, I mentioned Belle Gibson before who, who for listeners who may not be aware of that name, she basically made up that she had cancer and yes. then came up with yep. a cookbook of how to cure. Um, I think it's all in public records. So I don't think I'm, <laughs> I don't no, think this th- is considered yes. defamation. Right. Um, she's who I thought of, but also I think the, the sick of myself really touches upon a really fascinating thread that you've kind of already touched upon here, Thomas, that kind of, um, if you could say disability awareness, um, 
the way in which that kind of does get co-opted sometimes uh, for marketing and for, for this sort of social media side of it. And there's a lovely little moment in which um, Signa goes along to a group therapy session and this woman oh, yeah. gets so annoyed mm-hmm. at the fact she's like, yeah, look at you. You've got a – lucky you who's got – you've got a disease that's so visible. Um, whereas so many people who suffer from chronic illness, you know, a lot of it can be hidden and invisible and people think, oh, you're not disabled or you don't have pain or you don't have – and I just thought it was – I think this film is really clever in navigating that space. It does send it up. But there's a lot of truths that come out of this film that I thought – I was laughing but I was also like, that's really accurate. That scene in the group therapy mm. session – Remind me of what this this psychiatrist and I said to me. They said there's a real problem now that people who genuinely have hardship of various yeah. types are being silenced, not being heard, because people who have yeah adopted these mm. things and formed an identity and started to become even spokespeople for certain yes. movements to to raise their own profile have really invalidated the experiences of people who are really struggling with this stuff. Mm. And again, I just want to be careful. I'm not trying to say that people who are public about this are therefore grifters. They're not. No. The majority of people who speak out about this, it's a wonderful healing thing for the majority of the community. But I think we've all encountered this type of narcissistic um, hijacking of, yes. of real pain and trauma. Mm. Um, that's what I liked about this film. And I mm. thought it achieved that beautifully in maybe the first 30 or 40 minutes. <laughs> and then, I look, I, I think the film does somewhat run out of ideas. And it feels... It goes for it, an hour and a half, does it? <laughs> I know it does. It's a nice running length. That, that's, that's my only... I just wanted to throw that yeah, in as, as, a, as a caveat that I did feel it went on a bit of a loop. Like that the fantasy yeah. sequence technique happened maybe two or three too many times for me. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't get bored in that same way. I, I thought that it was similar territory, but it... It was kind of interesting enough that it captured, it held on to my attention for that whole time. I really liked this a lot. I mean, it's probably no surprises to people who listen. This is very, this kind of humour is right up my alley, that kind of really uncomfortable humour, like yeah. I said. So if I, you enjoy I, that, I, I, I definitely think you get a lot out of it. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed this. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, I don't think it's the first feature by this filmmaker. I briefly um, looked him up. I tried up to look it up. He's done a lot of shorts. He's done loads so of shorts. Christopher Borgley mm. is his name um, from Norway. Um, yeah, really, really, I was about to say young director. He's the same age as me. I suppose we can say he's young. Totally but he's young. done a lot. He's done a, <laughs> yeah, he's done mainly shorts. There was, I think it is actually his first feature. It's hard to know. There's I also Dream Scenario. Another... Maybe that's his other, maybe that's his debut. Yeah. Um, but the point I was going to make is this taps into the, the last segment we had where he talked about it's, it's really great to see a first-time filmmaker mm. do something of this calibre. And it obviously isn't a massive, huge budget, big production. This no. is a really pure first-time film. It's audacious, it's bold, it's yeah. daring. It might not be the kind of thing a more established director can get away with. Yeah. Um, or it could be the jumping block for going into more extremities, which I would love to see. I'd like to yes. see this concept pushed even even further. And I'd like the t- taboos to be even to be even wilder. Oh, it could have been darker for sure. And we should mm. give a shout-out to Christine Thorpe who plays um, Signe. I think she does such an amazing job. She's so – she's really well cast. And her um, her boyfriend, Eric Sather, I think is um, plays Thomas. Um, he's just so unlikable. Well, they're all kind of pretty unlikable. Actually, it? Yeah. it really is well done. Apparently – But they are a joy to watch. Yeah. yeah. Eric Sather who plays Thomas, he actually is very familiar with that art world and I think he quite captured it so well. I think I have a similar – experience of you, Thomas, being like, I know people like this. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> and, and, and I love the detail that he goes out mm. and steals stuff to put in his art and then that's part of his kind of PR thing and, of course, there's a comeuppance. But, um, again, that's kind of 
hijacking, I suppose, this idea of of being a struggling poor artist. Yeah, like he totally. doesn't need to steal stuff, but he does no. it and he shows off. And there's this He's like straight white man. Really, as well. yeah, this really wanky <laughs> swagger. Yes. It's such a it's such, you know, every time I hear a middle class person talk about how they hate the bourgeois, I just think of guys <laughs> like this. And it's like you are the thing. Don't don't yes. play act. That um, is so true. <laughs> yeah. God, it reminds me of first year uni doing arts where everybody oh. was trying to it's, it's honestly so accurate. It's a bit too accurate. Um, yeah. But if you want to check out Sick of Myself, I highly recommend it. I think Thomas I, enjoys I do himself. too. Yeah. I do too. It's More great. people should see it. It is going to come out this Thursday at Select Cinemas. I can see that we've um, some lovely listeners have jumped online and renewed and donated and subscribed. So thank you so much for that. Um, a shout out to Heathcliff Bussey from Frankston South, who's renewing to Breakfasters. Uh, and to Verity Prudhoe, um, Frankston South, who's renewing to Vital Bits. Thank you, Verity. Yeah, almost neighbours of mine. Oh, really? I'm, I'm, I'm normal Frankston, not oh. the fancy one. <laughs> you mean like actual neighbours? <laughs> no, like, no, it's, just, it's, oh, it's, it's always exciting to hear. Yeah. <laughs> my part of town. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, shout out to Paul Murray from Parkdale, who's renewing to the Breakfasters. Paul says, ah, 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 sorry, triple, oh my goodness, triple R, and a good coffee always gets me through the day. Me too, Paul. Yeah, that. And to James Plant from Highton, who is renewing. Um, thank you so much for that, James. Um, so on tonight's show, we are spotlighting a few comedies that have just come out. Uh, it's now time for our second and final film of the night, Cobweb. Um, I tried to sum up a – create a little summary of this film uh, – it's very meta, so I'm going to try my best. But basically, uh, it is about a director who is going to be reshooting the end of his completed film. Um, it's been turned down by the censors. It is set in the 1970s. Uh, it's it's ca- in South Korea too. <laughs> in South Better Korea. South Sorry, Korea, meant yeah. to mention that. Yes, yeah. um, this film. There's so much to this. Um, I I feel like. It's such a wonderful mix of things. Uh, it stars as the director Song Kang Ho, who is the lead from Parasite. I think a lot of people will be familiar with him. He's one of the most prolific actors. Um, yeah, basically set in the 70s, uh, director Kim has just completed the shooting of his latest film and he has all these recurring dreams about scenes he didn't shoot that would make his film perfect. I feel like this was somehow very relatable for anyone who is a writer, filmmaker, musician, anything creative where you've got this sense of like, oh, this one final thing would would, would make this perfect. Um, he gets taunted by film critics for making trashy, racy dramas um, and then he's encouraged by a uh, younger film um, uh, worker who basically says, this is a masterpiece. Oh, yes, what is she? She's like a PA or something think, or a oh, production assistant. Production assistant, mm. yeah, I think she, that's what her role. I was, I was trying to work it out where she was placed. She's great as well. Um, yeah, Thomas, what did you make of Cobweb? <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a farce. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a backstage musical farce because it's the, the wackiness that goes on behind the scenes of a film shoot. Um I'm not sure why people keep referring... And you might have to clarify me why this is necessarily meta, though. It it is certainly a film within a film, but I don't know if otherwise it sort of has this um, real-world kind of uh, 
meaning. Like it, that's it, true. It's more I mean? about it's not... farcical rather than meta. Yeah, yeah it's I, an I interesting think... one where it references. It. I think there's just some moments. I think I even took like screenshots of it because some of the lines of dialogue are so <laughs> so kind of deliberately over the top. It's pretty hot. Yeah, look, it's heightened and it's it's yeah. very silly. A lot of it, and it's very farcical and, and moves from you know melodrama to 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 comedy. Um, yeah, it's very playful, but I, I, I do worry that meta has become one of these expressions we sort of overuse and starting yeah. to misuse for anything that's slightly self-referential. Yes. I think you're right. Let, let's let's erase that meta from the descriptor. Um, but that maybe that's just me being precious and people no, good to be their precious. Eyes to this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what I do. Um, <laughs> Yes, look, interesting film by this director, um, Kim Ji-Woon, who I've enjoyed a lot of his earlier films and he he tends to be a director who makes films in the mode of other filmmakers he really likes, which is, you know, quite exciting and interesting. A lot of his films are quite overtly tapping into the style of other films. So the films of his I really liked are A Bittersweet Life, which is his sort of Jean-Pierre Melville sort of existential assassin film and then he did this glorious spaghetti western homage with the very overt title The Good, The Bad, The Weird (laughs) which is so much fun and they're really tightly controlled fun films Mm. Um, and you know he's also done you know some some notable horror films as well Um, but Cobweb is just this sort of sort of much kind of looser yeah, farce. And I kept on thinking of films like Living in Oblivion or or even films like Eight and a Half, you know, mm. these films have captured the, the torments of trying to <laughs> create a film. And I don't know if he necessarily is bringing anything new to that genre. I mean, it's a bit unfair to compare it to Eight and a Half, which is still yeah. really <laughs> the, one of the ultimate films about filmmaking, creative expression. But... But yeah, I kept. It's been. I haven't seen it since it came out. But the 1990s independent film *Living in Oblivion*, I think, did a similar thing. You know, with a very young Steve Buscemi and yeah. Peter Dinklage is in it, who has one of my favourite oh. lines of dialogue ever. So P- Peter Dinklage, who is a person of short stature, is in this fictional film playing a small person in a dream sequence because this was just post-Twin Peaks. And he just has this great bit where he explodes and says, and this is the language he uses, he says, you know, what is it with dwarves in dream sequences? I don't even dream about dwarves. <laughs> anyway, I've, I've gone, I've, I've been sidetracked. But um, so I think I struggled that Cobweb didn't quite hit the heights of some of these other films in terms of observation and even comedy. Mm. It's just got a fast frenetic style there's lots of sort of the, the types we would expect are in this there's the philandering lead man mm. there's a method actor who takes things way too seriously there's the sort of older actor who everyone respects who's very prickly and you know pulls everyone into line she, mm. she's wonderful and there's um sort of the the, the flaky younger younger leading uh woman actor who He's always complaining about having to leave the set and, and um, you know, I, I don't want to spoil it, but no. she's got all sorts of things going on as well. So these are all sort of types. And, yes. again, the film sort of flitters in and out of dream sequences, footage from the actual film and then the kind of, I suppose, the real footage of them making it. And, mm. yeah, look, maybe I'm just getting a bit impatient and old and my attention, I can't hold it. But, again, it just felt a bit repetitive. Oh, it's it, a very long film. It went on yeah. and on and on. And it, it did suffer a little bit of false ending syndrome too where there was a few times in the last half hour I thought we were wrapping up and then they go into this other bit. Yeah. I like this film. I did like it, but it was sort of surprisingly 
a bit of a nothing film for me considering the heights of this director I've yes. experienced before. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be a particularly memorable film, but um, but I know some people who've really dug it, who found it really enjoyable. Yeah, well, we mentioned at the start that it does come out in cinemas this Thursday, but a lot of listeners would have potentially seen it at MIF. Mm. It was um, screened there. Um, it is two hours and 15 minutes long. I feel like it does feel a little bit too long mm. uh, at times. This was one in which my attention did start to wane. Uh, because it is a little bit same note. Having said that, I did enjoy this frenetic energy to it. And um, I, I think you touched upon this before, Thomas. The comedy isn't exactly like – it's not as though it like necessarily lands. It's just there's so much – so many kind of ridiculous characters. And it, it's kind of unlikely in some ways. Um, even though they have got these caricatures, you're not exactly sure how it's going to pan out and what's going to come up. So I, I liked the energy to this film. That's true. Um, and there's certainly a thing that happens towards the end when yeah. they suddenly realise something that's going on that's yeah. quite fun and unexpected. Yeah, and I um, I sort of enjoyed this this kind of setup of this 70s film set and the, mm-hmm. the senses kind of muscling in and... I kind of got into that sort of ridiculous drama to it. But I wish it was more than that mm. because, you know, this is a, a Korean film set in the 70s where it's really important to the powers that be that this film is anti-communist. Mm. And I, I, I guess, I don't know, maybe if you're a Korean, you understand more the background and what's at stake. I wanted to know more about that because all that stuff for me was what made it so interesting yeah. and was the point of difference. But I, I don't think it was fleshed out as much mm. as it could have been in the film for someone not Korean or, or someone, you know, who doesn't have that full historical knowledge. Yeah, and, and it kind of assumes a bit of knowledge there, I think. There's one or two scenes that I think were very humorous in which kind of they, they're they trying to placate um, one of the senses with um, some fine whiskey, I think it is. <laughs> I do like that recurring gag where everyone who's a problem they just get drunk yeah. so they pass out and get out of the way. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think it's a – it's not the most perfect film by any means. And, it, it yeah, it's – bit overdrawn and goes for a bit too long and a little bit too repetitive. However, I think there's enough liveliness in this, in the performances, in uh, the twists and turns. Um, and I just think I enjoyed being in that world. Uh, we've agreed that it's not meta, but it definitely does <laughs> reference uh, the film industry in a very playful way that doesn't take itself too seriously. You know, it might be meta. There could be a whole bunch of references on this because I'm an idiot. And, um... No, I, th- I think you're right. I think it's it, it's more farcical. It is much yeah. more farcical and it's deliberate leaning into that. So and it does star Song Kang Ho, who is one of the yes. most watchable actors working at the moment. I mean, yeah, mm. I think I could watch him in anything. And if you've seen any South Korean or even, you know, he's even done American films and Japanese films now, he is, um, you'll, you'll recognise him. He's yes. just got this wonderfully yes. expressive face. Oh, he's perfect. And and carries, he kind of carries the film in this way of just being such a um, uh, pig-headed um, <laughs> sort of force. Um, I Look, I enjoyed the film immensely, but um, I, it probably won't make my top ten. I don't know. We'll see. I have to finalise that at some point. Um, but I think, yeah, well worth checking out Cobweb. It is going to be screening in select 
Complex Cinemas from Thursday. On tonight's show, we spoke with Jen Atherton and Andre Shannon from Garden Reflex, the co-creators of a new free festival called Overshare, which is going to be part of Fringe and it kicks off this Saturday and features workshops, screenings and lots of film chats. Most importantly, it's all free, which is wild. That's extraordinary. Yeah, yeah I really love the is. spirit of what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. you can head to overshare.com.au to get more info for that and look through all the workshops and the screenings that are happening. Uh, And for our reviews tonight, uh, we handled two new comedy releases, Christopher Borgley's Sick of Myself and Kim Jean-Woon's Cobweb. And both of those are going to be in cinemas this Thursday. Um, we have been talking a lot tonight about Radiothon because it's going to wrap up this Wednesday. So you've only got a handful of days left to jump onto rrr.org.au to subscribe, to renew your subscription, to throw in donation if you can afford it. Um, it is listener support that keeps us on air every week and we really appreciate it. It's so important. I mean, I, mm. I can't stress enough that organisations like this, you know, the, the, the listenership and the, the subscribers is vital to it. Yeah. So we're not being flippant. It will influence the, the next year of programming and operations for, for Triple R, what they're able to achieve yeah. in terms of art, culture and community. And they've kept the price the same, even though cost of living, all the yeah. prices have gone up. It is still uh, starting at $40 a year, which is very affordable. It's very generous, but do it for yourself. Yeah. If, if, you're my, if you're my age and into film, you will notice <laughs> how the quality and quantity of quality film criticism has mm. evaporated over the decades. Mm. There just isn't much around, and I think we can say that about other forms of media too whether it's sort of you know the, the, the swallowing of the music industry where you know independent and underground music has just become another genre for the mm. major labels to put out and, and commentary has become so clickbaity and yeah and you know what you get with a volunteer-run organization with triple r is people who are passionate and informed yes and if film is your thing, you know, and you're a listener, you've got someone like Flick you can tune into every Monday who brings a bunch of amazing guests and um, co-presenters on who have a similar thing. And you will benefit from listening to that. And then when you subscribe, you're part of that. You're part yeah. of our conversation. You're part of that kind of collective um it's the vibe, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. You're a part of that collective. It's the, it's a triple R ecosystem and I yeah. feel like it's wonderful having guests such as yourself, um, such as Andre and Jen joining us every week. Um, so be part of that. Yeah, and, su- that. and support it because it doesn't – it needs it needs your support to survive. Um, thank you, Thomas. Um, and, and thank you to Jen and Andre who shared us um, – joined us tonight. <laughs> uh, head to overshare.com.au. It is time for us to get out of here. Thanks for listening to Primal Screen, a weekly radio show airing Monday evenings on Triple R. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast version and feel free to get in touch via the Primal Screen Facebook page or the Triple R website. 